Today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks is brought to you by Omaha Steaks, the best steak out there on the market this holiday season. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com and you'll get eight free burgers when entering the code NHL. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Tuesday, November 30th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also quickly go and leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcast, etc. It's all for free. And if you follow the show right now, you'll be helping me out tremendously. And you'll also be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. And as always, thank you for tuning into the latest episode of Lockdown Blackhawks and for making the show your first listen here to start your day. On tap for today's episode, I'll get into Philip Kurashev being reassigned to the AHL on Monday with Josiah Slavin, surprisingly, being the one recalled from the Ice Hogs. I'll also discuss the impact that roster change could have on the lineup going forward. And then to finish things up today, I'll also get into the latest update on Blackhawks top prospect Lucas Reichel, who took a nasty hit into the boards during the Ice Hogs game versus Milwaukee on Sunday. To start things out today, though, folks, Let's get into that latest roster move that the Blackhawks made on Monday night, officially assigning Philip Kurashev to the Rockford Icehogs of the AHL and recalling Josiah Slavin for his first stint at the NHL level. And can't say I'm all too surprised by this move with Kurashev struggling mighty mightily so far this season and also probably not taking the jump that the Blackhawks had hoped for in the early part of his second NHL season. It just seemed like uh, it was a matter of time here for Kurashev. I've been talking about this for the past week or so now. It just kind of makes sense for Kurashev to get sent down to the AHL at this point. He's played mostly in a third or, or a fourth line role so far this season, which definitely doesn't fit his game Head coach Derek King actually talked about that after today's practice. And even when Kershev has gotten an opportunity inside the Blackhawks' top six, he really hasn't been able to make the most of that either. And through 19 games so far, Curry has only been able to muster up five assists and is one of the forwards that's still without a goal on the year. So um, I think this opportunity to send Kershev down to the AHL in order to in order for him to go and play top six minutes there, as well as having a role on the power play and just playing in some more offensive situations, I really do think that's going to be a good thing for him right now. That's what I've talked about recently on the show, just how this role doesn't really suit Kurashev and how going down to Rockford and playing in a different role for you know, maybe or a month or a month or so. Um, I really think that's gonna that's gonna be good for his skill set and also for just instilling some confidence back into him. Right now, I mean, I, I can't imagine Kurashev's all that confident. He's been playing down on the fourth line mostly. 
Um, and he just really hasn't been able to use his skill set in order to create plays for this team. And as I said a moment ago, probably hasn't taken the jump that the organization was hoping for in a second NHL season. And one thing I also thought about this afternoon, uh, one thing about going to Rockford that also could be good for Khrushchev is maybe he'll go down there and play at his natural center position. Because with the Blackhawks having a robust number of centers on their NHL roster at this point, Khrushchev really hasn't got gotten a look down the middle all season long so far. It's been Borgstrom over him, Strom, Doc, Taves. Um, so he really hasn't gotten a crack at the position he's more comfortable at. So uh, he'll be able to do that down in the AHL. Overall, I just completely agree with this decision to send Khrushchev down to Rockford. I think it was the best thing for his development at this point. As for the other end of this transaction, though, by the Blackhawks, I got to say that I was a little surprised, and not in a bad way or anything, but I just really didn't expect Josiah Slavin to be the next man recalled from the Ice Hogs this season. For those of you who aren't really all that familiar with Slavin, he's a former seventh-round pick of the Hawks back in 2018, but he's been kind of quietly rising up the prospect rankings over the past couple of years. Uh, he, he played two years of college hockey the, the past couple seasons uh, before the COVID-shortened year last year with Colorado College, played for them from 2019 to 2021, tallying five goals and eight assists for 13 points in each of his two seasons there. And before that, I also want to be sure to mention that uh, Slavin, he played four years of junior hockey in the United States Hockey League, but he finished it off with the local Chicago Steel, and that's probably where I imagine the Blackhawks got a peak of him back in his junior career, and I'm assuming that's what eventually led to him being selected in the seventh round. So Slavin, he's already played in the city of Chicago. He's familiar with the area, and also his older brother Jacob, who is one of the best and most underrated shutdown defenseman in the entire NHL right now for the Carolina Hurricanes. Jacob, during his junior career, also played three seasons with the Chicago Steel in the USHL, which is pretty cool um, to see that the Slavens kind of have this connection with the city of Chicago, and he wound up getting drafted by the Blackhawks, of course. Um, Going back to his numbers real uh, real quick, after playing... Those two seasons of college hockey with Colorado College, he decided that it was time to make the jump to professional hockey, and he got parts of uh, that COVID-shortened season last year with the Ice Hogs. He only wound up playing in in 15 games because he he missed the first half playing in college. The second half, he left, went to go pro, and uh, not very many games at the AHL level, and and a lot of uh, back and forth going on between A lot of players were going back and forth between the taxi squad. Slavin wasn't one of them. But the AHL as a whole was just kind of messy last year. But in his 15 games that he got for the Ice Hogs last season, Slavin recorded three goals and four assists for seven points, which is uh, a pretty impressive debut, honestly, for a 21-year-old straight out of college with no other prior pro hockey experience. And heading into training camp this season, um... I knew it was going to be a big opportunity for Slavin, his first as a full-time professional, and I thought he looked pretty good out there. I I knew he really didn't have any shot to make the Blackhawks opening night roster, but I was definitely intrigued by his performance, and mostly just that combination of size and skill. He's 
got a true power forward frame. He's six foot three, around 190 pounds. And with that size, he's also shown that he can provide offensively throughout his career so far. In 15 games this season for the Ice Hogs, Slavin, he's upped his point total a little bit, uh, tallied four goals and four assists for eight points, which was tied with Alex Nylander for third on the team so far. And speaking of Nylander, I will say the reason I was kind of surprised by Slavin being recalled was that it it wasn't Alex Nylander. And by the way, I don't think that if Reichel was healthy at the moment, he was, I don't think he was going to be the choice. But I really did think that Nylander was going to be the next man up for the Hawks. And I mean, I, I could definitely see why now would be a time to get him some action. There's literally nothing to lose on the off- offensive side of things from this Blackhawks team. But what I think the decision came down to for Nylander was that, um, first off, if he were to get called up, he'd probably be playing in a bottom six role. And also, if he's not going to be playing every night here, then that's probably not what the organization wants for him at this point. Bouncing in and out of the lineup, which I, I would imagine would be pretty likely, that's just not the best for his development at this point. Kind of like Philip Kurashev, you know, they want him in an offensive role, gaining confidence and playing in those power play situations and whatnot. Whereas Josiah Slavin, not being one of the top prospects per se in the organization right now, I just think that they wouldn't care as much if Slavin wasn't going to be playing night in and night out rather than Nylander. That's just my guess here. But either way, I'm I'm definitely super excited to see what Josiah Slavin has to offer here in, in this first NHL stint. And I've seen a lot of excited folks on Twitter who follow the Ice Hogs, and I'm definitely right there beside them because I think that combo of size and skill that Slavin provides could be exactly what this forward group needs at the moment. All right, there are the latest roster moves that the Blackhawks made on Monday night. Coming up in just a minute, I am going to talk about how Josiah Slavin's call-up could affect this forward group in the next couple of games. But first, I need to talk to you all about Omaha Steaks. The holidays are right around the corner, and finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy, though, to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter NHL into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you'll get 24 entrees, 24, like the world-famous bacon-wrapped filet mignons. You'll get chicken breasts. You also get sides, a ton of desserts, and so much more. When you use the code NHL, you'll also get an an additional eight Omaha Steak Burgers free with your order. We've all heard the reports about shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait to place the order. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com. 24 entrees for just $99.99, and you'll also get eight free burgers when entering the code NHL. Achieve giving greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. omahasteaks.com, keyword NHL.
Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment two now on the day, I also wanted to be sure to talk about how the roster change up front with Kurashev heading down to the AHL and Slavin coming up, how that could affect this forward group going forward. And during practice on Tuesday, I actually, I think all the Blackhawks were in attendance, including the newly recalled Slavin. Oh, like, like, except for defenseman Calvin DeHaan, who is taking another maintenance day for some back soreness. Poor Calvin, it always seems to be something with this guy. But aside from Calvin DeHaan, I think uh, all the Blackhawks were in attendance for Tuesday's practice. But the forward group that Derek King, or the forward lines, I should say, that Derek King decided to roll with that practice this morning was Brandon Hagel, Jonathan Taze, and Patrick Kane once again up top. No changes there. Then the second line was Alex Debrinkit, Kirby Doc, and Dylan Strom. That's exactly where I want to see Dylan Strom right now. Dominic Kubalik hasn't been able to get the job done there. Philip Kurashev is no longer around as well. So give Strom the chance that he deserves here inside the top six, playing with Debrinkit and playing with a, another playmaker like Doc. And I really hope that Derek King gives this second line a look for at least four or five games, in my opinion. You can't be jumbling things up each and every night and expecting results. Then after four or five games, if things aren't still working out with that second line, maybe then I would understand healthy scratching Dylan Strome once again. But with the offensive struggles that this team is going through right now, there there is absolutely no reason for him to be out of the lineup in my mind. Uh, Derek King actually talked about this. He was asked about the Strom situation following practice this afternoon, and he said that he just really doesn't like Strom in a fourth-line role. He's an offensive-minded guy, and I totally get that, but he shouldn't be out of the lineup over Henrik Borgstrom. Henrik Borgstrom should not be the third-line center over Dylan Strom. I don't care what the situation is. If Dylan Strom doesn't work out on that second line. I I really think it's a waste to just scratch him when he could probably provide more as the third line center than Henrik Borgstrom is doing right now. Um, getting into the Blackhawks bottom six though, where we saw Borgstrom, he was the third line center in between Dominic Kubalik and Ju Jarkera. No changes there from the game on Sunday versus San Jose. And then the fourth line had Josiah Slavin, Reese Johnson, and Ryan Carpenter. Well, Mike Hardman was serving as the odd man out during the line rushes. And Hardman just really hasn't done anything so far this season. Um, maybe that has to do with the fact that he's barely playing even when he does get a chance in the lineup. He Dude averages like seven or eight minutes a game lately. Um, but just not a whole lot has gone right for Hardman so far this season. He did have a primary assist against St. Louis on Friday. But other than that, it was a pretty cold month of November for him, only one point other than that game against St. Louis. So uh, I wouldn't be all that surprised to see Josiah Slavin make his NHL debut on Thursday night when the Blackhawks take on the Washington Capitals. And it really seems like it would either be Hardman or Slavin to serve as the 13th forward. I don't see Kara coming out. Borgstrom obviously has the trust of King. Um, and I don't see. Carpenter or Reese Johnson drawing out either. So I know we got a whole other day of practice still before the team travels out east for this tough upcoming three game road trip, but I really do think that Slavin is 
going to be be in there against the Capitals on Thursday to make his NHL debut. One other area that I'm really interested to see if there are going to be any changes made is to the Blackhawks' power play for this road trip, uh, road trip because with Philip Kershev now gone, I know that doesn't really change things up too much for that second power play unit. Um, but even aside from that, I just wonder with, with all the struggles recently from this man advantage, two power play goals in the month of November and none since, I want to say, the 16th against the Coyotes. The Blackhawks power play has gone ice cold. So I just wonder if, uh, I just wonder what's going to happen to that, to the two power play units. I wonder if it's going to be uh, a mix of power play one and two, like we saw versus San Jose on Sunday. The Hawks rolled with uh, Kane, Taze, Kubelik, Jones, and Hagel, I think. It was either Hagel or Doc in the bumper roll. Uh, I think it was Hagel, though, as the top power play unit. And I, I really do like that idea of moving Kubelik over to the right dot so he can unleash that one-timer, and definitely the Blackhawks aren't getting enough shots through on their man advantage right now. But the tough part of putting Kubelik at the right dot is when that happens on the Blackhawks' power play, Patrick Kane then is moved over to the left dot, and then there really isn't a place for Alex to bring it out there. So I'm really curious to see what's going to happen, whether or not um, Dabrinkit's going to be held off that top power play unit again, and also who's going to replace Philip Kurashev on that second unit. The Blackhawks really, really need their power play to be a whole lot better than it was in the month of November once the competition starts to stiffen up as we head into the holiday season. All right, there are the latest updates out of Blackhawks practice this morning. Coming up in just a minute, I will also get into the latest updates on Blackhawks top prospect Lucas Reichel. But first, I need to talk to you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And be sure to use our promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL and college football both are starting to close in on the postseason. UFC also is back in action this weekend as well. And we're now right in the midst of the NBA and the NHL getting up and running. So for any sport you want to gamble on, you can get all the latest news, odds, and info with Bet Online. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head on over to the website, or you can also use your mobile device to sign up today. And be sure to use our exclusive promo code LOCKEDON, that's one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. All right, we're back here on the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, getting into segment three now on the show today. I also needed to be sure to mention the latest update on prospect Lucas Reichel, who suffered a bad-looking injury getting hit into the boards headfirst during the Ice Hogs game on Saturday night versus the Milwaukee Admirals. And if you haven't seen the hit yet, you can go and check it out on Twitter. You can check it out uh, on the Chicago Prospects Twitter account. That's probably the best account out there right now on the Hawks Prospect run by Wally Maz, who's been one of my followers since way back when. So I got to give support back to Wally for uh, putting together a great Prospects page. That's where you can go check out the hit and also basically all of the updates 
on each and every single Blackhawks pro- prospect. It, it's really a, a well-run page there. Um, but it, if you haven't seen it yet, it was a, a really bad hit by Matt Donovan of Milwaukee. Caught Lucas Reichel um, when he was kind of stumbling into the offensive zone and, and hit him hit him face first into the boards. And after the hit, Reichel was very slow to get up, a lot of concern, and he needed help getting off the ice from <clears throat> the Ice Hogs training staff as well as teammate Ian Mitchell. And there weren't any immediate updates on Reichel following the game. Head coach Anders Sorensen stated that uh, he was going to be placed through some further evaluations, and then after that, they would be able to kind of have a better idea of what he's dealing with and the potential time frame that he could be out for. And I know in in the last 24 hours or so, there have been a a ton of people messaging me asking for an update on Reichel's status. Is it a head? Is it a shoulder? How long is he out for? (laughs) I know. I, I wanted to know just as badly as all you did too. Earlier this morning, we finally got the update as the Ice Hogs announced that Lucas Reichel has officially been placed in concussion protocol and will be out for at least the team's upcoming game against Milwaukee. And I think someone on the Ice Hogs definitely has to step in there and go after Matt Donovan for that bad, bad hit on a potential face of the franchise in the future. That just, you can't let that happen. Um, but Reichel looks like he's going to be missing some time here going forward. No other word really. Uh, other than he'll miss the next game versus the Admirals. But according to Sorensen, Reichel appears to be in good spirits. Obviously, he still has to go through concussion protocol and the stages and everything in order to clear. Um, But it definitely sounds good that he avoided a serious injury or a real major concussion or anything. Um, As I just said, sounds like he's in good spirits. He's doing all right. Hopefully... That continues to be the case. Concussions are such a tricky situation. Um, But yeah, sounds like Reichel dodged a major bullet with that hit on Sunday. Um, But if I had to guess here, I'm going to guess that they're going to take a real cautious approach on Reichel's return. There's no rush or, or anything at all. Kind of like his progression, honestly. Just slow and steady is perfectly fine for the time being. They just... They got to make sure he's well over 100% ready once he's able to hit the ice again, which uh, hopefully, though, won't be too long for the Ice Hogs' leading scorer this season. Another tough blow for the Ice Hogs, as they're also going to be without their second leading scorer for the uh, next couple of weeks as well, as forward Brent Connolly recently suffered a leg injury. And prior to that, Connolly was playing like a madman out there, playing like a guy that certainly didn't want to be in the AHL any longer. Through his first 14 games of the season, Connolly had recorded five goals and six assists for 11 points, trailing, as I said, only Lucas Reichel among all Ice Hogs players. And I I, I really don't know if uh, the Hawks are ever going to give Connolly another look, but he was playing like a man that was doing everything in his power to get another crack at the NHL level. So kind of a tough break there that Connolly is also going to miss the next one to two weeks due to that leg injury. Him and Reichel are going to be out of the lineup for uh, the the time being. And the Ice Hogs also announced earlier this afternoon that defenseman Michael Crudel, who was 
a fourth round pick back in 2020, will also be missing the next one to two weeks due to an injury. When it rains, it pours right now for the Ice Hogs, I guess. Um, no points for Crudel so far in seven games this season. Uh, and I'm sure with that crowded blue line down in Rockford, it probably hasn't been the easiest situation for him to get ice time or even to be in the lineup consistently. But I, I, I don't want you all to look at the offensive numbers for Crudel. That's really never been his bread and butter. Don't put too much weight into that. He's always been known as a solid defender. But a tough sequence here for the Ice Hogs for sure is they'll now be without Lucas Reichel and Brett Connolly, their top two point getters, as well as defenseman Michael Crudel for the next week or two. So some bad news coming out of Rockford, although it is positive that Reichel's not going to miss a serious amount of time, but that's definitely going to be a tough break and is going to hinder their offense there in the next couple of weeks without he and Brett Connolly. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Tuesday, November 30th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day just by simply following the Lockdown Bets podcast. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Bets right now wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day.